Because <laughs> I wasn't saying it. That's the good news. That's the beauty of this, in a way, and a drag about talks is I can't take anything out of it. Like when I go home and people go, how would, they don't even ask me anymore, but they used to ask me, how was the trip? And I say, it's over, basically, because you can't make anything out of this. That's what's so beautiful about it, yeah? You cannot have a memory of a talk. It just doesn't, it doesn't get translated into memories. It really doesn't. And so, if there's that, if there's that act of wanting to claim something out of it, wanting to get something out of it, it's a very, very elusive prey. You're never going to get anything out of it. Yeah? That's the good news, because then a large aspect of the conditional mind will get bored looking to try to mine something out of this, and then it will exhaust, and hopefully then that's when it, quote-unquote, gets it, is when it stops trying to get it. Yeah? So when the system that's trying to grok it or understanding collapses or gets like a, a wrench thrown in it, it's when the system stops, what's always available finally seems to be available. Yeah? But it's always available at all times with no requirement necessary to meet it, but it won't seem to be that way. And seemingly and seem is a very important word in this place. It means it appears to be true or false to you. And in a sense, in my sense of it all, everything, the highest level it can reach out here is seemingly so. It can appear to be so, but is it so? So you can have someone, like in recovery, a lot of people will have what they thought was the worst event that ever happened to them. And then now they're in recovery and their mind changes somewhat, and now the worst event becomes the best event that ever happened to them. What was it? Was it the worst event, or is it the best event? Which one is it? It was the worst event, and maybe they built an altar to it, and all their excuses about life were based on that event. And then suddenly, the mind changes just a little, little bit, and the worst event is now seen to be the best event that ever happened to you. Yeah. Now, is it the worst, and or is it the best? It's actually neither. It's like this. If, if I'm in bad shape today, this can be a problem, let's say. Yeah? If I'm in good shape, it's not a problem. I'm in bad shape, it's a problem again. What is it? Is it a problem or isn't it a problem? It can seem to be one, and it can seem not to be one. That's the only level it ever reaches. But what is it seeming to be so too? How can something that's not real feel so real, unless reality is giving it that meaning? How could something, like in recovery we talk about fear, false evidence appears real? It doesn't say false evidence is real, because that would be just, that's totally conflicting, yeah? But false evidence appears real, and that's the acronym for fear, yeah? The activity of being in fear. And basically it is, your perceptions are seeing, they're not, you're not seeing what's false, it's appearing to be real, yeah? So now what doesn't have the ability to threaten you is threatening you. And usually it's threatening you from the past and the future. It's not even a present tense event, except the thinking of it, Yeah? It's all about the then and there and then, but there and then ends up to have the most influence in most people's lives. Though they're here, and they cannot not be here, they don't seem to be here. So let's say if false evidence is appearing real, where is it getting that sense of reality from? Exactly. So it has to be appearing real to what's real. Where else could it be let reality? 
If it's false and everything else that's appearing is false, how could it find? Is there a store in, in falsehood that sells reality or rents it for an hour? No. It's being lent the reality by us. By what's looking, not who's looking. There's no, but only seemingly so. Yeah. If it seems wrong to you, then do the next right thing. What? There's nothing true here except what's seeing everything. Yeah. Everything is on the level of seemingly so. It appears to be so, but it has to appear to be so to something, or let's say nothing. Yeah. When it appears to be so to nothing, it really seems to be so. Yeah, because then reality lends itself, lends itself, which is reality, and gives that thing the meaning from it. But for that to be, for that reality to be shifted into a thing, it has to be, there has to be certain conditions in place, which I would call the minds being identified as a thing. So this thing facilitates all of these things having the sense of being real to this thing. Yeah? And this thing isn't giving them the meaning. It's facilitating the meaning being given to them. So the meaning is coming through mind, through this thing, and then lending its reality through this, not from it, but through it. And then it sees everything as real. And then something can really kick your freaking ass. Seemingly. Where else is it getting its reality? How can something seem so freaking real for you? Well, let's not even go there. I'm just saying, well, that's the thing, is find out. But let's say if, if reality is having the strongest feeling of realness to you, then a lot of things, like when I was on a bottom in recovery, it was as real as real can be. Yeah, There was no observer at that point. I wasn't witnessing the bottom. I was completely encased in the dilemma I seemed to be in. And in recovery, we say a beautiful statement it says, we are a hundred men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And a lot of people who quote it say they forget the seemingly, but that's the most important part of it. They always say, we're a hundred men and women who have recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body. You're not going to recover from a hopeless state of mind and body. If it's hopeless, there's no recovery. <laughs> the, the out is that it may not be so. Yeah. So the freedom is prior to the bondage. Once there's a sense of being the one who's bound, there's going to be an urge to be the one who's free, which is a form of being bound to the idea of being the one. Yeah. So you're bound as a self in freedom, and you're bound in the self in bondage. You're bonded, yeah, to the idea of being a self. You want to get relief from that. So you want to get freedom from self, yes? Let's just call it freedom from self. The big, the small s. So now... You're trying to get freedom from self, but you're trying to get freedom from self as self. Yeah? The identification is in place. You're not aware of it. So now you have, you've objectified the problem, which is what you actually seem to be, as a thing called self. And you're trying to get out of self as self. Yeah? Which doesn't work. <laughs> self can't get out of self. Just like a great master, Hoang Po, would said that you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You can't use the mind to seek the mind. You can't use light to seek the light. And you can't use self to get out of self. So prior to that, see, the idea is a lot of people are trying to get into the moment, yeah? We, I always joke about this because to me it's hilarious. So if we went to this book, if we went just randomly went through there, maybe we'd find about four self-help books that had a title saying how to get into the moment or how to really get into the moment. 
And then the third edition would be how to really, really get into the moment. Yeah? Now, that sounds all well and good, but it's based on the premise that you could possibly be out of a moment. I'm questioning that. Have you ever been out of a moment that you've been in? If you said you were gone, the surveillance camera has your body at that place. Well, I was, t- I was in Hawaii. No, you weren't. You were in Newark, right in that little meeting. But I, I know, I was thinking that you were there. If you take yourself through your body, you were located here. So have you ever been out of a moment that you've been in? Your mind is actually in the past or the future. So you're not in the Seemingly, future. but the past and the future isn't so. So you've never left. See, if you believe you were in the past and the future, then you have to find what's binding you to the past and get a spiritual locksmith to unlock that binding to the past so you could be free from the past. Just like if I was bonded to this chair, it would probably be facilitated by a handcuff. Yeah, So I'd be handcuffed to this chair. And I have a distinct feeling that I'm this and that's the chair, but I can't remove myself because I'm bound to it. Now, if I found the right spiritual locksmith, he could lock, unlock me, and I'd get up, and I'd be freed from the bondage to that chair. Yeah, I'd walk away, the chair would be there, and I would enjoy the freedom from that. Yeah, But this is different. It's called the bondage of self. Yeah. In recovery, we say, please relieve us of the bondage of self, not to self. To self has already given self too much credit. You've now made it a thing. That's the dilemma. But bondage of self is a mental activity. Yeah? It's sort of like you take yourself to be the chair, and you want to be free from the chair as a chair, like this. And you want, oh, where's that chair I'm free from? You're the chair, seemingly. Yeah? That's not freedom. That's a form of bondage. Just like people are trying to get out of what they can't be in. You cannot be in a self. It doesn't exist. It's an activity of mind. But if you believe that, you're trying to get out of it, that's the biggest form of being in it. Because it's the least recognized. A lot of people recognize when they think they're in it, but they don't recognize that they're trying to get out of it is a bigger form of being in it. Yeah? That's why it says in the Zen, great Zen treatise, Faith Mind, you can't use activity to find stillness. That would be activity. You can't use mind to get out of mind. You can't use self to get out of self. What are you left with? Nothing. Where do you have to go? Nowhere. What happens? An immunity builds to what? What's not happening? I could make so much money if I became a psychotherapist for what's not happening. Because everyone would have all these things that are bothering them about what's not happening. They would be expecting a 60-minute visit, let's say 150. As soon as they walked in and started talking about all their ills concerning what's not happening, I would say, that's not happening. End of session. What? I wanted to... Well, it's not happening. There you go. One minute. They beat it out. I could have 50 people in a day. I'd have so much freaking cash flowing in because it's so simple to have immunity to what's not happening. Just recognize it's not happening. It's only happening in the thoughts, yeah? The past can only be traveled by... You can only travel to the past with thought. And how do you... How are you pictured in your thought system? When you are thought about, what's being thought about? You as a spirit or you as a body? Yeah? 
When there's thoughts about the future and what could possibly happen to you in the future, how is the thought system presenting you? As a spirit? As a body, okay? So the thought system takes you to be a body. That's just, it's obvious, isn't it? And now, if look at what the thought system values the most. Does it value this moment, or does it value the past and the future more? Just wait, just take five-minute sample of your thoughts in your head. They're usually about there and then, yeah? They're happening now, but they're not about now. Because for you, for anything to be about now, there's no need for thought. Because now is conscious contact. You're seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching right at this very moment. Yeah, Consciousness is flooding through these five gates and there's an experiencing occurring. Yeah? Now, the selfing is trippy because there is no self. There is no long-lasting, independent, separate entity. You didn't feel like that when you were a baby. It took about 18 months for the brain to develop to start producing a sense of self. You didn't have it when you were a baby. Or when you thought you were a baby. Yeah? So sense of self. So if the self doesn't exist now, how could it appear to exist now? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So so the sense of self has to be remembered. It doesn't come up naturally. It didn't come up naturally when you were a baby until about eighteen months. And it, so therefore it's not a natural it's not of natural origin in a sense. It's a mental process. So then the feeling, how does that feeling of being yourself keep getting reinforced? Because there's thoughts about you in the past, yeah? And so now you're remembering you in the past, but the feeling of being that you is felt now. You remember you five years ago, but you don't feel the five years ago. You feel you now as the one that was there five years ago, yes? Yes? Same thing with the future. There's thoughts about what may happen to you. Maybe you're going to be sick three years from now. Maybe right now, tonight, my girlfriend's sleeping with someone in San Francisco, and they're going to break the news to me when I get home. Who knows? So, so there it is. My mind is thinking about what could happen to me, and because it's about me, it's, very, it's interested in it. That's the dilemma. See, this is where, I'll tell you how it works with getting out of it, because you're not in it, really. So there, so here's those thoughts about you in the future. So now you're remembering you in the future. Yeah. Thoughts about the future, the feeling of being you happens now. So you're using the future to remember you, and the mind's using the past to remember you. Yeah. Because what isn't so for it to appear to be so has to be remembered. Yeah. So the sense of self has to be constantly remembered because it doesn't generate its own presence. It's a pseudo-presence. It's like a doll, a blown-up doll, a mental doll that has to constantly be blown up. <laughs> and it's constantly to be being threatened to be popped when now, right now, every damn moment, there's a vertical insertion of a pin that's threatening that blow-up doll. Every freaking second, there's a vertical insertion of timelessness to stop your linear story. <laughs> so we have these giant personalities like armor, and we got a huge story about how it was just to protect ourselves from now, from this freaking moment. We want to be totally defended against here. <laughs> and then we wonder why we're not feeling happy, joyous, and free. How could you when you're fucking wrapped up in a heavy armor? You know what I mean? <laughs> then your only hope is I will be okay. 
It's never immediate. It's always postponed to a later date. I'm working on it. <laughs> it's a form of slavery. We've been enslaved to a freaking idea. And because we, the mind has taken it or thinks it's about it, it's interested in it. And the interest is the glue. The thoughts are the application of the glue. But it's the interest that glues the mind to the idea of being a self. Because it's taken itself to be that which is being thought of. Yeah? Someone comes over to your house and starts complaining about what's going to happen five years from now. Are you bored in like two minutes? You know what I mean? You want to, I got to do some laundry, hustle them out of here. I can't stand it. But you've been listening to the same stuff for 40 freaking years. What's the difference? It's about you here. <laughs> it's all about you. That's the flavor. That's the honey pot that the mind's attracted to. Yeah. So what happens is, if it isn't you, what's going to occur? I hope you find out. But in my experience of it, you'll lose interest in the self. Like we say in recovery, you'll lose interest in the self and you'll gain interest in others. That's just a natural uh, byproduct of it. Yeah? All these events occur without any thought or effort on your part. The mind just shifts and then the expression shifts. And then you find out because you see the fruit and then you see by the fruit what the tree is like. Yeah? Like Jesus says, you'll know the tree by its fruits. A good tree cannot bring forth bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bring forth good fruit. You will know the tree by its roots. You can never know the truth. You're knowing everything from the truth. You can't know the truth, but you're knowing everything from the truth. The from the truth can come through here, and then what isn't so can seem to be so to it. And I believe why it constantly seems to be so to it is because it's identified as this action figure. You're bonded to an idea of being a self. And this is the results. An unease, an irritability, and a restlessness constantly seeking for some freaking relief. But how can agitation try to find stillness? It would just be agitated. Exactly. And selfing is pure agitation. Selfing, uh, to me, it explains like in the Four Noble Truths of Buddhism, they have, you know, desire. What is it? Suffering. You know, there's a malaise or a dis-ease in this place. Yeah? And what's the cause of it? And he said it's desire. Well, I would like to say it's actually a desire to become. Because that's what selfing is all about. It wants to become what it thinks it isn't, and it wants to unbecome what it thinks it is. It is not that which it wants to unbecome, and it is never going to be that which it's attempting to become. So it's an unthwarted desire, yeah, like a slinky, that just generates the movement, yes? So you're trying to get out of what you think you're in, you're trying to get into what you think you're not out, you're out of, yeah? Constantly, all day, all day. What? There is nothing. There is nothing. But nothing is everything. That's the gift that keeps on giving, is nothing. Everyone here has gotten so many somethings, what it's going to always end up to is, it's all going to add up to nothing, yeah? So why not start with nothing now? You're going to end up there. If any practice you're doing is worth its salt, you're going to end up with a realization as I need do nothing. Why not just stay there now? Save yourself a lot of time. Time has a very big influence here. It's a very valuable move if you, if you can save time here. You'll enjoy the experience a lot more. And I'll tell you something. All we really want is an ease and comfort in our own skin and with other people. Enlightenment, all these, these are just fucking names. 
to me. Look at what happens to the mental process. If you give a title of enlightenment, which means total, what is it, cessation of all suffering. Yet, yet when it's claimed by the selfing, it will stir up the pot of agitation by you seeing you're not enlightened every day. The enlightenment will be used to put you into a hell, yeah, when the selfing takes it over. And the selfing's major movement is always to claim. Whatever it comes in contact with, it claims, yeah? If it comes in contact with an idea of peace, it will claim peace. What happens if you even get close to the vicinity of peace, because you're constructed in time, the selfing, you'll think, oh, this is really nice, but we'll be here tomorrow. That's not peace. Agitation has also just been produced. From what? Peace. The peace scares you that you're going to lose it. Tomorrow I may not have it. Is that peace? No. As soon as the thing that claims it, it becomes the biggest influence. If, if there's a self that thinks it's enlightened, it's the biggest influence in what it's calling enlightenment. Not enlightenment. There's no sensation of self at all. Now there's just an enlightened self, which is another form of bondage. This is about being totally economized and pared down. This is so beautiful because from the solution's point of view, from the solution, from the, let's say the problem's point of view, and this is all seemingly so. There is no problem. Truly, yeah? But in this event, it sure seems like there's a problem. So when the problem seems to be so, there's a need for a solution, yeah? Let's say the solution dawns on you. From the solution's point of view, there is no problem. What happens to the solution then? There's no need for a solution. That's how economical it is. You don't even need a little pocket to put the solution in. Nothing. Nothing. Not one bit of weight whatsoever. How can you be vigilant about what you don't have or what you can never own? There's no vigilance at all in it. All you're doing is exactly what you've been doing already. You're entertaining, but it's another possibility you're entertaining. Now you're entertaining, hey, I'm not that, and as soon as I entertain I wasn't that... I entertained I could be free of it. And guess what? That's what's occurring. It didn't occur. It's occurring. I have a freedom from it right now. That's the only value there is. I don't want, oh, I was once free, and now I've lost it. And now I'm hunting, I'm measuring every moment of unfreeness by the freeness, driving me even more crazy. All this, it's baloney. What? Who knows what love is? I don't want to talk about love. I don't want to talk about these things. Look at where your feet meet the road. It's Saturday, Friday night. Are you traveling nice and easy now? Then it's valuable. If you're not, it's mind candy. Because it's just a fucking, you're just going to produce gavities. Or your mental teeth are going to rot out with all these great, incredible ideas. They're not translating into an ease and comfort. Who cares about it all? That's the thing. There's a huge interest in disinterest. There's a huge amount of untapped interest in disinterest. When you lose interest in stuff, you don't lose interest. All that interest gets redistributed. So the interest in you that's based on there and then, which is causing obsession and dis-ease and all this, now is enriching your life because you're interested in this moment. Because why? There's no other moment. There's no other event ever happening. But now, it's like when you were a kid. When you were playing were you, when you were a kid, would, were you worrying, will you be playing a week from now? You had no idea of time yet, did you? When I was one and a half, two years old, three, I had no idea of next week. 
I wasn't walking around my house thinking my room was too small and my mother was ugly and I should have more gap clothes. I had no, none of that was going on. We grew into all of it. Yeah? And if we seem to have grown into it, we can seem to outgrow it. Yeah? All you need is some new ideas to entertain. You, have, you and I are entertaining constantly all day. That's what mind's doing here. It's entertaining things. Sometimes, through selfing, it's entertaining what's impossible as possible. We're just making, seeing red as red and blue as blue. You can't be out of a moment. Why are you trying so hard to get in it? You can't be in self. Why are you trying so hard to get out of it? Everything you're coming in contact with is being made by, made into something by the framing of selfing. Everything. Everything. This is not an un, unguarded border. What's coming in is being, is being made into something, and what's going out, by the time you're aware of it, it's been already made into something. This is an interpretation. There's an old statement, what? The wisdom of no escape. That's the wisdom. There is no escape. You cannot escape from an imaginary place. You cannot find a solution to an imaginary problem. Every solution you apply to an imaginary problem makes the imaginary problem seem real. Yeah. Where else is it going to get its reality from other than you? If what's not so, the only level it can reach is seemingly so. But inherently, it's not so. You ever hear of Buddhism with emptiness? Everything is inherently empty. Nothing has an exact meaning in and of itself. It's being lent every meaning it ever has by what's all meaningful and has no meaning whatsoever. What's looking right now? Yeah. Has no meaning whatsoever and when it, in manifestation it's giving everything all the meaning it has. And there's plenty of meaning left over. <laughs> it's got an infinite supply. And the quality of mind is just entertaining. Just maybe entertain the possibility that, all right, what is selfing? Selfing is a mental process, yeah? What does the mental process do? It reinforces the sense of self. It's a feeling. You have a feeling. When an action occurs through this body, you feel like you did it, yeah? When there's a thought, there's a feeling you're the thinker. When there's seeing, there's a feeling, a sense that you're the seer. This is the heist before all heists. Yeah? So the conscious contact is consciousness moving through here, seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. The mental process comes later, but the mental process now crowns itself as being the one who's conscious, the one who's feeling. So now, like Buddha said, when you feel, feel, when you taste, taste, when you touch, touch, when you see, see, when you smell, smell. That's an impossibility to when there's a smeller, a hearer, a seer, a feeler, a taster. Because now the emphasis goes on the seer and the seeing, but not the seeing. Yeah? Goes on the one object that's taking the self to be a subject and all the objects it's seeing. This is the interpretation from all there is into this and that. Yeah? Or in Hinduism they call it the giving of name and form. As soon as name and form starts, this is Paul and this is me, then everything else is given name and form through this name and form. And we're not nameless. We're the nameless and we're the formless in a sense. Yeah. But now we're trying to get back to the nameless and formless as, name, as a name form. 
<laughs> the whole point is realize you're not the name form, and guess what? You may find out. Find out. It's in seeing what you're not is the relief. Yeah. That's the freedom. So here, so the selfing, okay, it uses the thought system. It claims the thought system as the thinker of it, yes? After the claiming, it uses every thought to facilitate the idea of being the thinker. It's all it's using for. Every feeling, now that it's, now the feeler has been set up as you, then every feeling is just emphasizing the feeler of them. You have hundreds of feelings in a day, but there's only one feeler. That's the biggest feeling of all. You have thousands of thoughts, but you have, you're, there's only one thinker. That's the biggest thought of all. Yeah? That sets up the whole thing. Now it's facilitated by the feelings, the thoughts, all the actions it says it's doing. All of it is used to bond the mind to this crazy idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. It cannot make it so, but by the application of the glue is so fast, it can seem to be so. If you really look, you won't, you'll see the gaps. You'll be in a pause. But when you're not looking clearly, it'll seem like you're a continuum. Yes, I was there. I will be there. Therefore, I am here. <laughs> and then when you're here, you want to get out of here. <laughs> and you can't escape an imaginary place. You can't escape a mental here. You're never going to succeed. You'll just... One mental state is never going to lead you to the state of being. It's just going to lead you to another mental state. And one of the mental states will be crowned as you, and you think that's you, that's seeing the mental states, but it's just a mental state seeing the mental states. On and on and on and on and on. And then you reach a point where all there is is seeing. Aha! Now you're on to something. <laughs> Everything is verbing. There's no noun to be found. All there is is an activity of mind called selfing that wants to produce a pop-up. So here's the selfing. So people come to these talks and they call me up a few months later and they go, I've been selfing all day. And I say, that feeling of being the one who's selfing is the product of selfing. So here's the selfing. The product popped up. I'm the one who's been doing it. That's the product of the selfing. Yeah? That's not true. All right? So then maybe they're a little clearer. And then it gets a little trickier, but then it pops up, and now he's the authentic self. I'm the one who's been doing all of this. No, that's not true. After a while, you realize there's no noun to be found, and the selfing is finite, and it's surrounded by what I am, which is the pause. All content is content, and then there's context, yeah? Everything comes from context. Everything appears and disappears in context, but context never comes or goes, yeah? So when the selfing runs out, what you'll be left with is the pause, and right then and there, you're seeing your original face, which isn't a face at all. You know, like they say in Zen. You'll get a whack. And then that whack will just open up downloads, and then you just entertain what's being delivered through you and see what happens, yeah? And you'll know that you'll know the message or where it comes from is pretty solid because you'll see its fruits in your life. You'll travel lighter and a stabilized level through the geography that life has in store for you as an action figure. Yeah? Doesn't mean you're not going to get fired or get cancer, but you're going to travel lighter with whatever goes on in your life. And that's more valuable than a big peak experience. Every second of the possibility of, he of heaviness is diminished and the possibility of light is amplified. Instead of having a head, 
a theme of a head that says when it's have, you're having a good time, it gets worried who's going to find out in like 10 minutes, you know? Who's going to realize I'm a fraud or I don't deserve this beautiful girl or this or that? Yes, how long? Maybe 15 minutes you're going to enjoy some joy. And yet the same head, if something bad's going on, it says it's going to last forever. You want that to be the theme of your interpretation? Do you want to live under that yoke with the hopes that somehow I could change the balance of the ratio from 80 to 20 to maybe 78 to, you know, 18, something like that. And think that it's like sort of like being in hell and then you move to a position in hell where it's one degree cooler than the rest of hell. Wow, I'm fucking doing great. (laughs) That's not freaking freedom. That's another form of slavery because his partner will find us show up. You'll be bound again. Yeah. If you believe you got into something, you can believe you can get out of it. Yeah. This takes all that away because it's prior to all the shenanigans that the mind wants to get up to. Yeah. It's established as the condition of all conditions, and that's that. Yeah. Be done with it. But I don't know. I've got to go home and think about it. <laughs> and there's the world up here again. Yeah. Oh, I can I can really feel it here. But when I go to work on Monday, see now which taking which is taking precedence? What's not happening is overriding what's happening. That's the constant fucking theme in selfing. It's really nice it's happening, but it's probably it won't be happening on Monday. So Monday becomes the dominant influence on Friday night. That's insane, is it? What screws your Saturdays? It's usually a Tuesday and a Thursday. It's never Saturday that you're in. It's usually last Tuesday and three Thursdays from now. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's very rarely Saturday that's screwing with you when you're in Saturday. <laughs> what more examples do you need? You know what I need? Why get, why, you know, you can know the impact of a punch by one. You don't need 300 of them. You know what? You know, save yourself some time. You don't think Huang Po is supposedly he's venerated for quite high level? Why doesn't anyone follow his his advice? He says, if you're using Buddha to seek the Buddha, you'll be doing it for eons, and nothing will happen. Oh, I I'd like to, you know, I'm an exception of that. Why Why didn't you read him then? For why? Just find things you would you would agree with. He's making a very clear statement. You can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. So in this little view is, if I see the Buddha on the sh- road, I should shoot him. Why? Because what my mind's trying to do is throw out my own Buddha onto that person who and setting them up to fail me, so I can be right that I'm not a fucking Buddha. Yeah. So the best thing would be to shoot the pseudo Buddha, so I'd recognize the Buddha that's here. Yeah. You don't need a Buddha. You are the Buddha. The most you can do is invite and offer. And you can only be a teacher of non-duality. I'm of duality. You cannot teach non-duality. There's nothing to teach. How could you teach about nothing? The only way you can learn about nothing is finding out through your own experience, through your life. But you can know about what's not so. And when that hope of seeing what's not so, one moment at that time of seeing what's not so, the emphasis may be on what's seeing what's not so. And maybe you get a clue of, hey, I may be that which is seeing what I was taking myself to be. 
it's like this, like when you get a, when your mind opens up like a camera, yeah? The aperture is set, let's say, in self-centeredness. And we think that's the look, that's it, yeah? We think this is the real thing. It's like having a pair of glasses on that are distorting our vision, but we think they're our eyes. So our hands never go in there at the field because we just assume they're our eyes. So they get unquestioned and we tolerate it. And we try to get other glasses to correct the distortion instead of just taking the freaking glasses off. Yeah, it's that insane. It is. I mean, truly. Here's the glasses. You know, they're distorted. I can't see blue is blue. I'm taking threats where there are no threats. I'm constantly occupied with what's not happening. Let me find another pair of glasses to correct them. So they may correct them, but now you've got two pair of glasses on. And so there's a heaviness. Yeah? The whole thing is, if the second pair of glasses is worth its salt, it will become obsolete. Yeah? So, and then point two, take the first ones off. Yeah? You don't need a second or third or fifth pair of glass, glasses. Just check out if they're your eyes. Your seeing right now has been commandeered. It's been hijacked. It's turned into a form of looking called self-centeredness. It's, it's, it's sitting right on top of the seeing, but it's like St. Francis says, what's looking is what you're looking for. Why the hell can't we find it then? What's looking is what you're looking for. So at the event of any looking, that's what's looking. So if there's looking going on, that's what's looking. And that's what you are looking for. Where? Where? No! Now, what's looking? That's what you're looking for. That's what's looking. Now. Yeah? Not Sunday. Now. You and I are never going to experience our own absence. You're never going to be here to get it. When the ball is thrown, question the mitt that tries to receive it. If that mitt doesn't go up, the ball will have a huge impact on you. If the mitt catches it, it makes it something. It neuters it. Yeah? This message, if not caught by the mental mitt, will have a huge impact on you. If it's caught by the mental myth, it'll be made into something. It'll be neutered. What it had to offer won't be seen as being that. And then we'll be in the position of trying to get something, keeping going to meetings, trying to get it, but we want to be there to get it. Yeah? We want to be there to experience our own absence. We want to hear the idea of a non-self, but we want to be a self that's portraying the non-self. Yeah? I want to be a non-self as a self. <laughs> I want all the advantages I think will come from the non-self, but I want to have them as a self. <laughs> Good luck. You'll be waiting a while. Eons. <laughs> I'm trying to save you time, please. I'm serious. I've seen the beast from head to toe. 
I'm just, all you need to do is see the nose. You don't need to see the whole head and stuff to the head to the, to the tail. You can get it by just hearing about the nose. You save yourself some time. You cannot produce what's unproducible. Yeah. You cannot produce what's unproducible. You cannot cause what is causeless. You have it by giving it away, basically. Like tonight. This is how you have it. Yeah. It's like the best role we can play as this is to be a hose so that the water can move through it. And as a byproduct of the water's quality, it has no intention, but as a byproduct of the water's quality, it will clean the hose as it expresses through it. Yeah, Play the hose. Yeah. You're not what's watering the garden. You facilitate the watering the garden. Yeah, You're not what loves, in a sense. You're facilitating the love coming through this. Yeah. You are that love, but in the sense of thinking you're this, you're not what's loving. Yeah. And then when the water goes through, it cleans the hose. And the water is an infinite source. There's no tap. There's no spigot. It's incessantly on. <laughs> doesn't blink. doesn't look away. <laughs> yeah. So you have a question there? What is the water? Life, life's energy? Well, I thought I was looking at you, but I, I, it's like, there is no use, I guess, was it? What is it? Life's energy? Yeah. It, it's just, the water is just a crude way of attempting to apply something. This whole message is, is not in the words. I just The words are being used to convey something. You know, a feeling, a sense-felt thing. Because the only thing that's going to override the sense felt you have of being you is the sense of felt of what you are. Yeah? You get an aha, don't you? Or an unspoken yes. That's it. That's the message in its, in its germination, in its seed, in its bloom. It's all there is. This is always an introductory offer, and you are the product. This is always, satsang is always an introductory offer, and what's pointed at is you are the product. Yeah? That when you leave here with nothing, that's the best job you can do. Yeah? You came in with nothing, leave here with nothing, and you get nothing. And after a while you realize that's everything. Yeah? That nothing is the gift that keeps on giving. There's no finiteness to it. There's no quantity to it or, or an amount to it. There's no piles of something. It's nothing. Yeah? But in that no thingness, everything comes from. Yeah? And we are, we are what's looking. How can you not see that? If you're giving something the meaning of reality, where the hell is it getting it? And I'm meaning the reality. We're not talking about the reality. We're talking about something that really seems, really seems to be real to me right now. Where is it getting that meaning? It can't grow it itself because it's it's empty. It must be getting it from, like they say in physics, the biggest influence of any experiment is the observer of it. Yeah. They say when there's the physicist wants to see light as a wave, then a, well, light appears as a wave. When it's looking for it as a particle, it appears as a particle. Yeah? In other words, light is dancing to the tune of what's seeing it. Not who's seeing it, but what's seeing it. Yeah? Does what you're saying, does that mean that you're not 
It can recognize itself in a way through other here, but it can't recognize itself. It's all there is, yeah. But it has a, a the closest experience it can is by seeing others as itself. Yeah. This is an incredible event going on here. I find, you know, it's mind-boggling. It's like a light. It's like undifferentiated light moving through this kaleidoscope and then differentiating. Yet the, when there's an acknowledgement of undifferentiated light, you see the undifferentiation in all the differentiation. Yeah, You sense it. That's the joy of it. But to see it in millions of different appearances is mind-boggling, don't you think? It's fucking magical. It's an incredible event. We had like weird little events today. And that's what happens a lot. Like in shamanism, they call it, you start seeing the abstract. You know, a little linear story and your framed picture starts getting cracked and shit starts happening. Yeah? Because it's all seemingly so. If the mind changes, basically everything can change. Yeah. Question? Yeah. So, addiction, I think. So, you know, you got sober and, uh, it, it, uh, I mean, you would say that helps, right? Like, because, because addiction stuff is like really sticky, right? Yeah. Yeah. But remember, the original, in a sense, I call it, this is just words again, but the original addiction is mind addicted to the idea of being self. That's causing all the disease. So you could, you could be awakened still with your addiction? You well, you are, but you probably won't know it, so you won't be in the joy of having the experience of it. But you are awake through the addiction already. There, all there is is awakeness. Mind doesn't lose any qualities in appearing to be something else. It's there. It's always that, yeah? It's like the sky that allows a lot of things to happen in it, but it's not affected by anything that's happening in it, yeah? Like if there's Fourth of July explosions, it never rips the sky open, yeah? When it rains, the sky doesn't get wet. When a bird shits, it never lands on the sky. It lands on your car, yeah? So the same thing with mind. Even in the deepest seemingly bottoms, the only level they can reach in this place is seemingly so. What's so isn't deterred or affected or tattooed by any of that because it's what's lending it the reality. Yeah? So mind is making something really seem to be so, so maybe it's going to have a damn fucking incredible experience of, let's say, hell, <laughs> heaven, tons of things. Who knows? More in Buddhist terms, but uh, but um, I hear. But then this is just the me hearing this now, you know, which is just uh, I hear more recovery stuff, but because it's kind of like toying with that, entertaining a different version of recovery speak lately, and it's very interesting. It's very removal. Yeah, well, I came for 25 years. I've been in recovery, and I haven't left recovery. Right. So of course, that's how I speak from. The apparatus speaks from where, it, from whence it seemed to have come. Yeah, I love it that way because I think we I think recovery has a great explanation of the problem. That would be very helpful to people. But people say I'm not a drunk or an alcoholic, so that just, I don't want to mind that information. It's crazy because it's unbelievable description because it's it's a subdivision of the original problem, which is identification itself. Alcoholism is an extreme subdivision of that. So, if you follow alcoholism, it will be leading you to the original addiction, which is the mind's addiction to self. That's what happened to me. And that's where the real freedom lies, is prior to that, 
when you realize there is no way you've ever been bonded to, to a self or being a self, then you're freed from that. Yeah? yeah? Not freed from it after you've been released, but prior to any need to be released. Right, it's like you're free from the substance and then you see what else you're bonded to. Well, yeah, you have to, in other words, when in recovery... For you to recover, so being sober is a prerequisite, but being sober doesn't produce recovery. No, but you, it helps you see this whole thing. Well, you have to not drink to enter recovery because there'll be too much static. You're not going to... You can hear... I've met a lot of people who have a lot of understanding and they're drunk Buddhists, you know. They're extremely screwed up in a lot of levels, but they're very clear on some mental ideas, but they have alcoholism and it's not being treated. Yeah. Untreated alcoholism doesn't give a shit how intelligent or if you're wearing robes or you know leather jackets. Yeah, it's going to express and use you as an expression. It's like a mental parasite that takes right, this possibility right. over. Right. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Like when, because when you deal with addiction through recovery program, it's it's like you have a it's like a way into all of this stuff in a way. I think it inevitably will lead you there yeah. if you're interested. But see. The umbrella of recovery is maybe you'll just be able to enjoy picnics and not drink and hold a job. That's fine, too. It doesn't have any... There's, there's no forced migration to the top, you know, whatever, however it works. But if you want it, if you're drawn to go farther, it definitely has got ample support for that. Yeah. But to me, the original dilemma of dis-ease is the mind's idea of being a self. It's addicted to that idea. Yeah? which it can't complete the mission, so therefore it's a thwarted desire, and you know what happens when you have a thwarted desire. Let's say you wanted to meet that guy or that woman that night, and you don't, and then you go home and eat a pint of Agnes, you know, and you watch three you know, sad, sad movies or something. It has a huge reaction when a desire is thwarted. Can you imagine if you were living under a constantly thwarted desire all day? If the mind was under that yoke of having to keep seeking to get relief, from an unrelievable desire to be something you can't be? Give me a break. It's a form of slavery. If it ain't using drugs, it'll be pornography or codependency or shopping or hoarding money or whatever. It's gonna, it's gonna, there's going to be that agitation seeking to get relief from the agitation through the agitation. And that's why sometimes people wake up from just the sheer pressure of, 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 of horror. Like, that's right. The system breaks. Because it's a process. If a big enough wrench is thrown in it, it stops. And when it stops, something continues. You are that which is continuing when what you think you are stops. When you get that you can't have it. Well, you get you're not it. You're not it that wants it. You don't care about the desire. You're not the the one. What's fueling this desire is it's your desire. It's the your is the bigger desire. Yeah? You try to get rid of desires, but you never get rid of the your. Like Ramana Maharshi says, you don't have to give up your possessions, give up the possessor. Yeah. You don't have to deal with, you know, change your thoughts, just give up being the thinker. The, short, the thoughts will change in and of themselves. I swear, the thinker is what's giving all the thoughts the meaning they have. The thinker, it's like this, let's say, you know the thing in the uh, computer, the cloud, where there's, there's a cloud and... All, there's tons of information there. It's, no, there's no, it's not in any location. It's just called the cloud, right? Just ex- tons of information that can facilitate or can be downloaded if the right mechanism is there to download or, download or translate it. So, okay, let's say the idea of being Paul or Steve or Mary. 
really represents a lot of old ideas, conditionings, concepts, beliefs, yes? Tons of them. And so here's the cloud, yeah? And then here's life, this manifestation. Now, let's say this, like many other things, wants to express itself in the big game. Yeah? It's in of nothing, it's nothing, has, has no effects whatsoever. So basically, it's totally irrelevant here. But if it could find a passage to make an imprint here, it would have meaning. Yeah? So, what, so what happens? So here it is. Now, the thought process is going on all day. Yes? The selfing is claimed to be the one who's doing the thought process. So now when a thought comes up, yeah, it's held as being yours. That yours facilitates the jacking into this system of beliefs and ideas. And then they screen, they screen through this bridge of view from the thinker to the thought. And now the thought, right, like a pinata, you open it up, but it's a projection from here. That's found expression in your in this experience by you as the bridge being the identified one, being the thinker, the feeler, the haver, the doer. Yeah. Now the doing means something that to other people it doesn't mean because it's not giving you the meaning from the event. It's been projected. The meaning's projected into the event through you. The identification is you. Opens you up to all. I had it happen with spirituality. I met a guru when I was 18 years old. I grew up a Catholic kid. Never studied guruism or anything like that. A friend of mine met him, and then I went, and I got I initiated into a form of knowledge. Suddenly, now I'm in this situation of spiritual, quote-unquote spirituality. I have thousands of ideas about how the guru should be, how I should be, how all the devotees should be, how they who aren't coming to see him should be. Where did they come from? All I did is I, I hit the stone of topic, guru, spirituality, me, what? thousands of ideas flooding through me into this, and then ripping another acid hole in me for five freaking years where I wanted to kill a guy to get him out of my life. Because I, I ran into a big dilemma. He was seen by others as the Lord of the universe. Yeah. Here's the Lord of the Universe. That meant a whole lot to me, you know? My little spiritual, a lot of concepts flooded into, when you said Lord of the Universe, a lot of meaning downloaded. And there, there I was, and my situation was, I didn't like the Lord of the Universe. Now, why does that make me a non-liker of the Lord of the Universe? Well, let me tell you, I have thousands of meanings about that, which downloaded into my little life and drove me freaking crazy. Yeah? I never met spirituality, no gurus. How? Why did I have so many freaking opinions about gurus? Where did they come from? I couldn't even, if there was a store, I couldn't have had enough time to buy as many came down. It just started flooding into my life as soon as I was engaged as a devotee, a someone, with a guru or someone else. Millions of ideas. And so what promised heaven on earth made hell on earth for me. Just like enlightenment, just like the type, the, the, the word awakening, love, all like this. A lot of times, love, you think it has a great idea, but then you realize, I'm not lovable. I never, I, I should be much, on and on and on. Tons of ideas. How do they get, find expression? Other through you, other than you. Where do they come in here from? 
What calls them forth? What issues them a pastor arrive? It's your identification as the doer, the feeler, the thinker, the haver. How else can they find expression but through us? They're not here. They're not real. They only can find expression through what is real. By what is real, taking itself not to be what it is, taking itself to be a thing, opens for all these ideas about what it's like to be an unlovable thing or a thing that doesn't love the Lord of the universe or a thing that should love the Lord of the universe. And all of this comes down and finds expression, and you are the distributor of it. Never, very rarely, ever realizing what's going on. Like the Course in Miracles says, projection comes and then perception. So mind projects this place, then you perceive it from this apparatus, and you take what you're perceiving to be so, but it's a projection of mind. Where are you going to get relief from that if that isn't real? The only relief from the reality of that is in the reality that you are. Break the bridge between thought that's provided to this, to the thought. If you break the bridge of the thinker, you'll be free from it. You'll be free. You'll have an immunity to the thought system. You won't be navigated by there and then anymore. Your interest and attention will be right here where it can provoke value. Yeah? You'll be in this Friday night as if there's never another night ever again. You will be here. You'll be so here because you realize you cannot not be here. You cannot not be here. You cannot be not here. However you want to say it. It's an impossible thing. Because it becomes impossible, an abstinence arises. You don't play around with the idea anymore. It's abstained from. It's understood. Freedom abounds. When you made that shift and you became, you understood what, that you, what you were not, was it really clear? Like I, was there... I mean, did you know a shift had been made? Well, to me, it's always shifting. I don't even like that. It wasn't a you, and it was there's no event. If you start making a story about an event, people will take that story and compare it. Let's say the event was this. A rainy night in New York. I was walking through Walgreens. I was in aisle two with the toiletries and the... And female hygiene products, for some reason. Who knows why I was there. Suddenly, it was October 10th, 1030, 10.35. Suddenly, I woke up. And then I'll, then I'll go explain what the person hears is Walgreens, 10.35. So now they're going to aisle two, Walgreens, 10.35, trying to situate themselves as if they're going to receive like the, the right frequency. That's what happens when people share a fucking event. It's an it's very eventful. It's shifting. It's freeing now. But you registered that you're traveling more lightly. Yes, that took time though. What happened was it was an unspoken yes. I heard something that I knew before I ever knew anything else. That's all. And then it played itself out. I went with it for a while. First it needed a little support. I read a couple of books. Went to India, saw people I wanted to see, who and ones who were dead, I went to see where they lived, like Ramana Maharshi. Joined the hell out of it. I went into a cave where he sat for nine years. It was like a nuclear reactor. So much fucking juice in that space. So, all right, I read a couple of books. I got enough ideas, heard a couple of people, got enough ideas. 
I listened to one guy, he used an old Zen statement that had a big impact on me, and it was, we're like, we're like, a, we're like people standing by the river. No, I'm like a man standing by the river selling water. I thought that was sort of funny, you know. All right, why would you be selling water by the river? Yeah? And he says, it's even funnier that I'm a man standing in the river selling water. I heard it, and I got up, and I left. I got it. I got it. Everyone was sitting there thinking they were special. They got it, but they thought, still thought he got it more. <laughs> it was the same old, same old. It was like a spiritual ladder instead of a corporate ladder. It's the same fucking movement. Same, same, same. So that helped me. And I said, all right, so when I hear that a teacher came through town and I missed him, I was so far out. Oh, you really missed him? Great. Great. <laughs> Are you going to go? Great. No, no. Are you signing up for the next? No, I think I'm going to pass on the, the retreat. And then, you know, it was fucking awesome. I just, I just stopped, paused, and then things just downloaded more and more. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with going to retreats and that, this and that. Unless there is, you know. Hopefully you'll have the wisdom to know the difference. When it comes to a point where something, a tool can be valuable to a certain point, but if you keep using it, yeah, after its value, after its use is done, then it becomes not useful, yeah. Sort of like if I had a, I remember I went on a trip to Turkey. Turkey people are incredible salespeople, you know. They hunt you down and they try to sell you rugs. So I was in there and they bring their whole family and they twirl around and they give you a Turkish coffee and apple juice and stuff like that. But I was sitting there and I had immunity to it because I don't have a house, you know. So they were trying to sell me a rug and I said, but I don't have a floor, you know. I have really um, no interest in the product because I have no floor. They said, well, we can fold it up and you can travel with it. I said, no. No, I don't want to travel with a rug. I don't have a house to go home to. Yeah? That's sort of like the immunity that happens. You, you realize all the advertisements, they're not, it's not selling anything. Yeah? You're not interested anymore. The pursuit of happiness is now a stroll. Yeah? You chilled out because you're looking from what you were looking for before. Yeah? It's different. And so when you're satisfied... That's the best answer to dissatisfaction. A a deep contentment comes over you. You're chilled out. Why wouldn't you be? It's a natural reaction. And then the seeking that... that What's generating the seeking is is lessened and lessened. So there's no need to seek what's already been... That's what's always so. And therefore, you really chill out. And therefore, when you're really chilled out and not busily looking for, you're available to what's going on. Yeah? And if you're available, you're of service. You don't have to be doing quote-unquote service. You're of service. It's sort of like that was my experience in recovery. I did service, and it would take you out of self, you know, that sense of being a self. You'd get relief. But then you'd always go back into that seeming condition, and therefore the need to service got more paramount, yeah? So it become almost like a drug again. But what happened is when I would do the service, and I'd feel out that experience being out of self, I sensed uh, I, I was available to someone else, yeah? being of service. And then I felt in that availability, I felt the presence of what I would call spirit or something other than a mental condition. Yeah? After a while, this happened quite a lot. One time I realized I'm that presence. Not this false idea of being the one who has to have an experience of the presence. I'm the presence. Yeah? And if I'm the presence, 
logically, I'm available. Just look at the term, the word, presence. Yeah? And if I'm available, I'm of service. It's a quantum leap from taking yourself to be this and having to do service to realizing you're the presence and you're always available and you're of service. It's like a whole different freaking ballgame of living. Yet they have the same terminology of service and availability and presence, but it's shifted. Now you're not the goal you're seeking. You're not going to find the goal you're seeking from the imaginary problem. You are. The goal is what you are. Yeah. So now you're of service. Now it's now it's infused in your attitude and outlook, yeah. just like gratitude. I didn't have any gratitude when I seemingly, the mind didn't have any gratitude when I entered recovery. For five years, when things happened that were good for me, I said this little mantra, hey, thank you, God, that was more than enough. Yeah. I had a, my mind got weaned off of having such a sense of entitlement, and after a period of time, just by doing what I was doing in recovery, my attitude got infused with gratitude. Now I see things in a totally different light. It's all mind entertaining possibilities. That's all. It's always been that way. It can enter possibility through doing and having, or it can make a quantum leap where it has no thought or effort on any part. Yeah? You just wake up. There's a shift, and then that shift definitely is going to want to express, and it's going to express in your life. Mind is wanting to express here. That's, that's what manifestation is. Manifestation is energy, and the energy is of mind. Yeah? So mind is seeking expression. So, when, when the mind shifts, you better believe it's going to express those shifts. Yeah. And you're going to be, in a way, your narrator will find out about it months later. You know? Because you are basically an afterthought. See, that's the thing with the selfing. Selfing is a product, yeah? Your mind is thinking, is every thought is being used to infer that there's a finger. Yeah? Every thought is assuming or implying or insinuating there's a thinker. Every feeling is being used. It's not the feeling. It's the mental process using the feeling after it's been hijacked to facilitate or point to the feeler. Yeah? Every action is being used to facilitate the bondage of self because it's now being pointed to the actor. Yeah? Every time consciousness is moving through seeing, it's being used to facilitate the idea of being a seer. Yeah? Every time there's smelling, Smeller. Every time there's hearing, hearer. But it's like the finger pointing at the moon in Zen. But in this case, there's no moon. All there is is pointing. The mind makes the leap. The mind makes the leap into feeling to be what it thinks that implies. The mind does. This can only point. It can't make what's so. It can't make anything. It can only point. Yeah? And then the mind makes the leap into being that, or seemingly being that. That can be interrupted. It's an event. Yeah? If there's the seeing of all the pointing and the mind doesn't make the leap, what happens? The emphasis goes on the seeing of all the pointing. You see the pointing. You see the mental process pointing. Yeah? But you're aware of it. You're seeing it. Yeah? Which is not a mental process. And the emphasis finally will go on the seeing and you are the seeing of what you're not. That's the constant reminder. All day, you're the seeing right now of what you're not. The mental process is going to keep presenting a you. Yeah? The mind has to believe it for the A to drop out and then to seemingly become you. You can see it as an AU. And if it's an AU, 
you'll lose interest in it. You will lose an incredible amount of interest and attention. It's when it becomes you, that's where the interest and attention is bound. But in AU, you're interested in seeing it. Because now you're wrestling in what's seeing. AU. 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 Yes? The mental process is, is pointing to AU. The mind makes into the you. And then it crowns it me. And now you're separate from all the other yous. Yet here in this room, everyone is seeing me as a you. And not one moment in this night will you think it's me. <laughs> You'll be seeing it as a you. Yeah? But I go, ah, oh, contra, my folks. Yes. I, I, you know, I respect your opinion. of you, But no, it's me. <laughs> you don't see the special crown. This mental, physical hybrid called me. Which is all different from all the other yous. Fucking an illness. All it is. Mental disease. If the mind doesn't make the leap into the product, there's no living out the product. It's just an empty shell. You just see it. It's like a factory that's not producing any goods, but the lights are still on. It just keeps attempting to point and point and point, but you rest in the seeing of it. So if the mind does not cannot wake up from itself, how does it happen? Any way it wants to. You can make it look like it happened anyway. Years of practice, a second in a butcher store, you know, near death experience, a near life experience, you know, day at the office, you know, hearing traumatic news having a great day. However it wants to play out here, it can make it look like that, but none of that was how it was brought about because it was always so. So the mind can't orchestrate it? Not as the what it's structured as now, no. But mind is orchestrating it. Yeah, yeah, the big, but I'm using to see the mind that we think we are, which is a mental process, and then the mind that we are, which is seeing the mental process. Yeah? After the mental process does its thing and the product's bought, you're seeing from a mental process, that's a form of looking called self-centeredness. Yeah? When you try to use that form of looking to find the seeing, you'll be lost forever. <clears throat> it's when you question what's looking and realize yeah, it's not a you, but it's what's looking itself. That's seeing. Yeah. And you're calling that mind. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I like the word mind. Yeah. There's a great book. There's an old book. It's really weird. I was in a bookstore and I had a, I had to waste some time and I was looking at a book and this top this title was incredible. It says Lord Lord Buddha's explanation of the universe. I thought that was a fucking pretty big statement, you know. Lord Buddha's explanation of the universe. So I started looking looking into it. Very elevating just by looking at it. But it was it's from the Abhidhamma, which is old Hinayana or conservative Buddhism, like Buddhism practiced in Thailand and Ceylon. It's back from them and it it was supposed to be talks that he gave for 50 days and 50 nights where he explained everything. <laughs> so he explains and he begins with, all there is is mind. Yeah? And mind, everything is in motion. So everything is verbing. There's no noun to be found. Yeah? And mind is vibrating at like 3 trillion 
revolutions in a nanosecond. <laughs> Super faster than the speed of light. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then and he just goes on and on. And he goes into incredible detail about what's happening, what we call this event. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend the book. <laughs> but it was a nice... To me, those things, all they do is trigger something that's there. Yeah? A tickle it. Then the emphasis is on the tickling. I don't care. See, it's like a, a back scratcher. You know, I just want, and then I don't I'll keep scratching. It just do, and then I get the joy. Yeah, sort of like that. So things can trigger. Like today, we saw a beautiful sunset. <clears throat> just sitting there, it was beautiful. You know, just sat there. And of course, you can't capture for long because it changes every second. And there's this one part where there was like a red oak tree, like tree with red leaves, and the sun was hitting it. And so they look, look like rubies, about 300 rubies uh, suspended in air, just catching the light. Unbelievable. And it only lasted for like eight minutes until the move, sun moved and a cloud, and so the light was cut off, and then the show was over. That's sort of like what mind is. Yeah? Mind is, what's, is, the, is, the, is producing the show. Yeah? And let's say the mind, identified as this, can make it seemingly not so for maybe 80 years. It can't do it for infinity because it can't happen. But in time, it can seem to happen. So us, as this event, can seem not to sense the presence of everywhereness while we're in it. You know? Like a fish, not, never realizing the, the feeling of water because it's always been in the water, never recognizing it. But it recognizes it very rudely when it's pulled out of it. Have you ever seen a fish on a deck flopping like crazy to get back in the water? But while in the water, they see the clams and the seaweed, but they probably have no idea the milu they're in. Yeah. Well, that's what, it, in a sense, what we're, it's what it's like here. We're we're totally drenched, thinking we're dry, wanting to get wet. <laughs> you don't see the absurdity. We're totally drenched. But we believe we're dry. It's like the wave, the wave wanting to know the ocean. It's already got to a position of separation, thinking it's a wave, yeah? So the best it can do is study the ocean and maybe have an experience of the ocean, but it never is going to get the sense of being the ocean because it has a prior mental sense that it's a wave, yeah? So what would be the best approach? Question the waveness. Don't fucking study the ocean anymore. It's just adding on to the sense of being a wet wave. But still a wave. If you're not the wave, what the hell are you going to find out you are? Probably the ocean. Yeah. How long is it going to take the dawn on you? Not long. Because <laughs> you've always been that. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to have a timeless quality when it downloads into you. <laughs> because you'll have a very strong hit. It's always been this way. <laughs> Why? Because it always is this way. Yeah. So the idea is why, you know, like when people are hearing about non-duality and the void or the emptiness, but they're hearing it as a person. The person is the myth that's catching this information, and the person makes it into something that fits its frame of being a someone. So now the someone will entertain being a no one, but as a someone. You don't see the futility of it? Why not forget about that, forget about love, question who's this, you know? If it is a you, not you, but a you, 
your mind will lose interest in it, hopefully. And with, with the interest dismissed from it, the show doesn't go on like it used to. Now, the interest and the attention fuels something else, like, let's say, maybe the availability of this event. Yeah. Where you don't need any memories after a day's over because you've been in every fucking second of the day. Every damn second, you have never been not here. Yeah, You never missed out on anything. You're all there is. No memories. You don't have to take pictures anymore if you don't want to. You've been here. What you really want to capture can't be captured. It's the livingness of it. Yeah. How do you how do you juxtapose that with like having to be practical and pay your bills and plan? I limit my affairs severely. <laughs> I don't have much to pay. I live a pretty weird little life. Because I wasn't, I don't have a situation where I've ever been married or have kids. So I have a, I'm like a free range alcoholic, really. I have a lot of free range. So I do, I pay, you know, I render unto Caesars, watch Caesars, but I don't have, you know, Caesars not paying much attention to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get to surf a lot, so I do. I, I, what I love to do, I get to do a lot, you know. So it's great. You know, it's like but match made tra- in heaven. But you can travel lightly through those pieces that you need to plan. Still, yeah, I don't have to plan much. Either these talks, I don't plan much. I just people call me, and I just tell them if you set it up, I'll come over you. If they don't set it up, I don't come over. I always get taken care of. I have always have been taken care of. It's sort of like when I need money, things show up and I make money. When I don't need money, then the, the, the fruit are up higher. And I, don't, and I realize from the height of the fruit, I don't go around and try to pick them. I wait for the fruit to hang low, then I pick them, and then everything works out. Yeah? It's a nice way to travel, if you, if, you, know, if you can pull it off. You have no feeling of insecurity. I have a great feeling of insecurity, but it's secure. Secure and insecurity. Yes. I have a great feeling of security and insecurity. Security scares the shit out of me. To me, it's like being frozen. And insecurity is the greatest security, obviously. You know, Uncertainty is the greatest certainty. I don't know is the highest form of mind. Yeah, that's wow, how it works. See, if you're, if, if you're in I don't know, and I'm saying you're, the possibility is always available... You're relegated to finding out, which is a much higher level of knowledge than knowing. I'll tell you the truth. Knowing is always bookended by not knowing, yeah? It's defined by the dualistic complex. But finding out is a different story. So I'm in a point of I don't know, so I'm relegated to finding out, and I have the ability to find out. Things download, and I find out about things. Yeah? Yeah, so it's like, it's nice. It's a nice way to travel during the day. Like today, I found out a lot, a lot. Like, I can't trust Henry to navigate places. <laughs> found out a lot. It's all downloading, and certain things will, will happen or not happen again. No, no. Henry's been really nice. So I, That's the first time you found that out. No, no, no. These are just, watch what happens. Entertain these possibilities, really. Just entertain. Just start with the thoughts. When a thought occurs, get a sense. Is there something underlying the thought that's not being noticed? The sense of being a thinker. Yeah? 
If that sense is there, then all the thoughts are being given meaning from there. Yeah, and this is the this is the activity of being bonded of self. It has to be an activity because there's no self to be bonded to. But the activity you can be bonded by. Yeah. So if the self, if the thoughts are all about you, they're going to have a lot of impact. Yeah. If you're if you believe you're that you that the thoughts are about, it's going to be very hard to have immunity to thoughts. Yeah. But if they're not yours, so question the mind. The my is one of the biggest movements here. So if you put a, if we had a, a chalkboard here and put relationship up there, yeah, and we put money up there and let's say health there, every one of us, based on our conditions, would have a meaning generated by seeing those words, yeah, money, health, relationships. Change the weight of it so easily. Add the word my in front of it. My money, unbelievably different, isn't it? My relationships, unbelievably different. My health, unbelievably different. You see the amount of weight that goes on to health? And just expand on it. Every topic that you've ever come in contact with, yeah? The selfing has claimed and is using it to reinforce the bondage of self by adding weight to it. Weight, 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 weight. Yeah? You have a girlfriend or a boyfriend, Every it's a lot of fun, and then one day it turns into my girlfriend, and then, you, you know, you think you have permission to look at her emails because she's my girlfriend. You're up on stalking charges in a couple of months. What the fuck happened? The mind just shifted into something that was relaxing, girlfriend having a great time, to my ownership, claiming, object, mind, yeah? Then all, all new meanings download. And then you get to have the expression or like getting hit by a wave of your own meaning, yeah? So, like, the Course in Miracles says it in a beautiful way, it says, you and I are the dreamer of this dream. Yeah? You and I are the dreamer of this dream. We forgot that we're dreaming it, and we've given everything we're dreaming the power to affect us. That's basically the story of each and every one's day. Yeah? You and I are the dreamer of the dream. Yeah? We forgot that we're the dreamer, and now, and now we've given everything we've given, and everything we've dreamt, we've given it the the, the ability to affect us. Or it's like another way of saying it. Let's say you're in a you're in a close environment, and there's a dream tiger there. There's a tiger there, yeah. And of course, you're afraid, right? Because you know what a tiger can do. So maybe you're reading a book about how to you know live in a very you know small room with a tiger with the hopes that would allay some of your fear, but you're going to be scared shit. The tiger could just rip your throat out. All right, what would happen if you woke up? Yeah? Would that dream tiger have the ability to affect you anymore? No. But see, in this dream, we're a dreamt object. We've taken ourselves to be a dreamt object. So from as, for this, as long as this is real, every other dreamt object has to be real to this. It reinforces its reality. Yeah? And in that way, we're giving that object all the power to affect this object. And we're identified as this object, and therefore, the mentality can produce exquisite suffering yeah, out of what's not happening. Most people are. Most people are producing exquisite suffering right now, entertaining something that didn't happen in the past or they're afraid will happen later. What's, a, what's producing that exquisite flavor? The only thing that is real. Yeah? 
how can, an ima- how can a crop from an imaginary field have an effect on me now? Other than if the only thing there is is entertaining it to be so. Yeah. It must be getting its so-ness from somewhere. Why not look for, at what's looking? And then there's another, the holy instant, you know the course, right? The holy instant says, what's the biggest deterrence of, of a person appreciating the holy instant is their belief they don't deserve it. And that motivates their desire or their, their seeming need to prepare themselves for it. Mm-hmm. When all there is is a little bit of willingness that's needed, everything else will be done by mind in a sense. But see, we think, no, I need to prepare myself. That's the act of playing God. Now the holy instant isn't available. Yeah. So, yeah, just check it out. It's worked for me. It's working. If I entertain it just like this, not like this, I think the people are nicer, I used to see. <laughs> they have better loving gaze. I'm not a big loving gazer, you know. But I heard it, and I entertained it, and I have faith in mind. Yeah, I really do. If the mind entertains this possibility, anything can come to pass. You know? If the mind can entertain can entertain this possibility, anything can come to pass. Small mind, you're saying. No, it's not. It's going to be entertained through the small mind, but it's mind. If the mind can entertain, what is this referring to? I couldn't find this this possibility that we've offered tonight. You know, the one we've been speaking around for two hours. (laughs) It's like I once did a talk like this for an hour and a half. You know, about addiction. And then the first question was, can you speak about addiction? <laughs> I've just been speaking about addiction for two hours or so. It's just unbelievable how, you know, everyone makes any, makes it up. This, this, as soon as it goes out of here, it's, it's out of my jurisdiction. I'm amazed how people take it. <laughs> they, some of them take it as a practice when I am adamantly saying, you know, adamantly putting it out of that realm, it becomes, I can become like a lion. No, you are a lion. Oh, I love that message. I can become, no, you are a lion. See, that problem with that is, if the sheep mentality is the precedent, the false precedent, then when you hear the message, you are a lion, it gets translated into, I can become like a lion. That's why we're not looking at the lion. We're looking at the sheep. Is it so? Are you what you take yourself to be? If you're not, then all bets are off. Isn't that part of the process? Isn't, isn't even that a, a stage towards enlightenment? I mean, it's better than, than not. I mean, it's better than not thinking you're, you know. I mean, it's still, it's a, there's a form of becoming, right? But no, 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 no. All there is is an entertaining. All the becoming is on its own little process here. But what you are isn't becoming at all, Yeah. If you what let's say you term yourself as being, yeah? being is complete in and of itself. It's not in a process. It's not trying to culminate. It's not trying to reach a crescendo. It's complete. That's why it's timeless. It doesn't need a process to finish anything off. Yeah, the most it's doing here to me is expressing. It's not trying to achieve or culminate or reach a, a, a completion. It's expressing its perfectness every moment now. I'm just saying I think that people have stages of awareness and at 
some point, it's just like the, the you know, the person who was the, the, the drop of water that just keeps dropping and dropping and dropping and you don't think anything's going to happen and all of a sudden the thing breaks. And I mean, each person's going to be at their level of whatever their understanding is to the point where they're going to then get that realization. But to expect people to go from, you know, A to Z, I think is unrealistic because, each, and sometimes people can do that, but it's like the rungs of a ladder. Like you're going to go up the ladder and you're going to hold on to that rung. Let me, so let me just say something with the drops, right? So here's the drops and drops and drops, and then you get it. Part of getting it is that none of those drops have anything to do with anything. Seriously. Now, it will look like the drops had importance, but if it really cracks open, one of the biggest hits you'll have is nothing. it had nothing to do with anything. That's the beauty of it. Yet, it may seem here to have a lot to do with things. Like people say, well, you've got recovery... You did the Course of Miracles, you did this. Yeah, in the seeming story, it looks good. But in, in the actuality of it, that constantly gets dismissed. I don't, you know, I would, if you go to anyone, I would imagine, they would say the same freaking thing. Yeah? Yes, the drops are important when there's the linear story of one drop, one drop, one drop. But when, the, when, when I hate to say it happening, well, let's say whatever occurs is occurring, there's a very strong feeling I would I probably match with anyone else saying that nothing ever happened. None of that had anything to do with this. Yeah. But in the movie, it had it seemed to have something to do with it. That's the beauty of the movie. Let's say if you had an idea that was complete in and of itself, but you were gonna like a you know how they take a book and then they turn it into a movie. Let's say the mind is complete in and of itself, but it has a movie. It wants to play out in a movie. So obviously in the beginning of the movie, it's not complete. yeah. And so now it looks like it's in a process of completing, and it does these things. Let's say it goes to the Himalayas, and then it gets run over by a car twice in one night, and does this and does that. And then finally something happens, and there's a waking up to the fact that there was, I need, needed to do nothing at all times. Yeah. So, but the mind plays it out as if it's a movie. Yeah. It can do that. It does it quite a lot. Yeah. But in fact, it's not so. It was always been that way, but it didn't seem to be that way. So it has this great joy of what didn't seem to be to find out it is. That's probably one of the pleasures of this place. Yeah. How could something have really valuable if all there was was value? The value is if it can be forgotten and then remembered, yeah? Wouldn't that be a joy? Well, it's just like, if what you're saying is, I totally, it's like, I agree with what you're saying, and then I don't agree with it. But I agree with it. It's like, it's levels. It's like, of course, Merkel's talking about Yes, it appears to be levels, yes. And, you know, if people are going to be, you know, I mean, Buddha talks about the noble eightfold path, so there's, there's this action, there's wise action, there's wise livelihood, wise speech, okay, ultimately that might not lead to awakening, you might just have an awakening if you're robbing a bank or killing somebody, I guess. But, you know, I mean, I think I guess I'm attached to that eightfold path, so I guess um, that's my attachment. And I'm also thinking that, you know, are there ways to walk, maybe you're not walking lightly yet, but you're walking with a certain ethical sensibility, a certain sense of... Oh, sure. It's better than the other ways, yeah. Right. But it's sort of like, with the level of confusion, let's say someone's house is on fire. Yeah? I'm not going to tell them there is no house, and there is no fire. I'm going to tell them about a pail of water, yeah? 
because mind is manifesting. That's the level confusion of the course of miracle, is the, how mind is manifesting at every given moment. Yeah. So here's the ultimate solution, that there is no problem. But when, you're, when the problem really seems to be so, yeah, then this doesn't work. Yeah? When you go to a person who's hungry and tell them there is no belly, you know, it ain't going to work. It's pointless. It's not serving anything. Yeah? So on that, yes, those are levels. So, like it says in the Course, no matter what mind intends, it's going to complete. Yeah? So the mind that's manifesting in this little event, if that's the way it wants to go, that's how it's going to go. And what it also says in the Course, if you read the chapter, I need do nothing. Yeah? It talks about a life of contemplation, a life of meditation, a life of karmic yoga, you know, action, doing service. All of these things cannot fail if the mind intends it to work. Yeah? That's like the mind being the ultimate director, realize, hey, I'm going to play it out in this movie through karmic yoga, or I'm going to play it out. But, they say, if you read right into this book, The Course of Miracles, it's got one quality. It's going to save you a lot of time. Because all of them, because of the mind's intention, are going to lead you, in a sense, in a sense, to that place. But when you arrive at that place, it's going to be the same realization, I need do nothing. Yeah? So, the... the the course of miracles trying to save you time by saying, just start at the I need to, <laughs> I need to do nothing. And then in the course, there's atonement, which is different than forgiveness. Atonement is that nothing ever happened. There's nothing that needs to be forgiven because nothing ever happened to a real me. There's just happening. That's a whole different level. That's not brought about by forgiveness, but forgiveness is very helpful here, of course. It, the mind's going to ease up. Yeah? So I totally agree with what you say, and the way you are right now, the way you're set up, that's the way to go. Just like people say, hey listen, is there any free will? And I say, well, if you feel, if you feel like you have it, exert it. You know what I mean? If you feel like you have free will, who am I to argue? <laughs> then do the next right thing. It's going to serve you. If you believe you have some say in the matter, exert that say. Yeah? This isn't a contradiction. This is just a simple invitation possibility. It's not here to validate any Buddhism. If you look at the Eightfold Noble Path, and you look at it as a linear process, yes, then look at the first one, which is right view. Now, if you, the right view in Buddhism is anatta, non-self. Yeah? Non-self. So the right view isn't produced by right meditation. The rightness comes from the view and makes the meditation right. Meditation isn't going to make the view right, but the right view makes meditation right. So the right view migrates from the view to right livelihood, right understanding, right meditation. It's not produced by livelihood, understanding, and meditation. 
in a sense, ultimately. Yeah? Now, it can look like that for a while, but when it finally hits pay dirt, it's going to be realized all there was was the right view. Yeah? But, while it seems not to be the way, then you can back into a space just like you can park and, you know, move head first into a space. You're still going to be parked where you've always been, but it's going to look like you backed in or, look, or you drove in. Yeah? Or it'll look like you never left the parking space. <laughs> That's the best one to me. Because I did Buddhism, you know, I was into Buddhism for quite a while. And, uh, you know, this was just something. What happened was with that, the template of doing, or, or being the doer thereof, was the main influence of anything I was doing. Yeah? So. The meditation was being used to emphasize the meditator, and that wasn't working in my, in my experience. So, thank God something happened where I dropped everything, so I, so I was left in the mundaneness of life where I wasn't making anything noble, you know, or special that I was doing, and what was revealed was was uh, profound, you know. So, you know, I'm not the meditator, so if I meditate now, it's great. I feel more like meditated. Tell you the truth, that's my experience. I don't feel like I'm meditating, I feel meditated. Yeah. So, yeah. No, this is just, this is like a piece of cod, yeah? I may be next to a mackerel kiosk and a salmon, but I'm not in competition with them. I'm just selling, I'm a humble cod salesman. You can grill it, you can sushi it, you know, boil, broil it, whatever. Try it, see if you like it. And if you don't like cod, then eat the salmon you really like. But I think all all fish dishes lead to cod. <laughs> Inevitably, sooner or later. <laughs> or just let's see, to me, like I'm in recovery. Yeah? This isn't a path to illumination, what we're talking about. This is this is what illuminates whatever path you're on. Yeah? To me, this is not a path of illumination. I already have a way of life, recovery. But this illuminates the way of life. Yeah? I am the light that's being brought to recovery. I am not retrieving light from recovery. I am the light that's being brought bring, brought forth through the practice of recovery. I am that light. Yeah? What are you recovering from? I'm recovered from that, from the bondage of self. This is sort of enjoyment time. Yeah? Again, it's good to know when when the job when the when the tool is done, to put it up. There's a prayer, you know, the serenity prayer, you know, the spirit, you know, the courage to change the things we can, the serenity to accept the things we can, and the wisdom to know the difference, you know, it's important, that wisdom. Yeah? Something can be really helpful, and then it may not be. I know a lot of people who do inventories in recovery, and they're obsessed about it. They're going over every minutia of every day, and they're not enjoying being sober. Yeah, this is about enjoyment in a sense, being free, like a free-range alcoholic, you know, free-range person. This smallest little event now is the biggest pasture you could ever fucking be in. This smallest little event called this now is the biggest pasture you can ever be grazing in. It's amazing how huge this event is right now at this moment. Because you are, you are here. What we are is here. Yeah? 
I've been in recovery for a long time, and I've identified with that part of your story about talking about. Is it okay to share this? Yeah, like this. So, is everyone all right with this? Yes. Mind can give it all the meaning it has. Yes, My, it, uh, AA is only what the practitioner of it makes it. Really, it doesn't have anything of its own. It's, it provokes things in the mind that can come out. Yeah, possibilities that may not have been entertained any other way. I have an incredible hellish bottom, and then finally realizing I may not be that, which was the whole basis of that fucking hellish bottom. And then the mind immediately, as soon as it sees that I may not be that, the first thing it can entertain is I can be free of it. But most people are trying to be free as it. Yeah? No, they have the noble drive to be free or to enjoy freedom, but they're trying to enjoy freedom as that which is the producer of the bondage, the seeming bondage. It doesn't work. Yeah? So is it, is it like a coming home to where you've always been and a dissolving of beliefs? A lot like that. It's like being a kid again in a lot of ways. It's not like you're even given permission to be a kid. You're just being a kid. All the idea of you were something else is gone. Yeah. You're going to be, you know, you're fine, honey. You got some stuff, you know, that's going to be removed. Yes. It's like you're on an operating table. Yeah? All you got to do is not get up. And don't play the role of the doctor. And whatever thinks, whatever seems to have the ability to obstruct will be dismissed. You can see it in your intention. It's all fine. Yeah, yeah. Be easy on yourself. Like Rule 62, don't take yourself so seriously. You know, you can see in mind, everything is fine. Yeah, they are. You know, the mind gets it. It's just when you go home and try to think about it, then you make it something. You've already been served the spiritual subpoena. It's already a done deal. Your head is in the tiger's mouth, like Ramana Maharshi says. Oh, that's the thing I want to talk about, the, the aperture of the mind opening up. Yeah, so here's the mind opening up. And by doing things, you know, seeming with practices and stuff like that. So, okay, the aperture opens up and it gets bigger, you know, feel more expansive. And you, you're getting really high, you know, you're getting really spiritual. And you're really clear. It's really, it's safe still, yeah? And then, but the thing is, when the aperture opens up, it just doesn't open up like this. It opens up like this, yeah? So what was thinking it was getting clear is now seemingly, is, is seen clearly, yeah? The aperture opens up. And what happens, 
the assumption was you were behind the camera this whole time. You're now seen in front of the camera. And what's seeing you is what you are. Yeah? So here, you're getting clearer, 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 clearer. But now it hits the danger zone. <laughs> Selfing is concerned for survival. Then it moves back, and now you're seen where you've always been, in front of the camera. Yeah? You are of content here. Yes? Yeah, so so now here, once this thing, and then you realize you've never been behind the camera, nor will you ever be behind the camera, <laughs> you know, it becomes an absolute. Once the gig is up, the gig is up, yeah? So now you're being seen, yeah? just like you see everything else. What you are calling you as the Alpha and Omega is now seen to be, you're at square three, Yeah? <laughs> The feeling of you is a process that took time. The conscious contact is the immediacy of life. The sense of you being in contact is an afterthought. Yeah? So here's the conscious contact. The afterthought implies that it's the one who's conscious. It it moves its throne that's appearing in the false little kingdom to the real kingdom. And it assumes I'm the one. I'm the one who's seeing and feeling. But it's actually a process that produces a sense of being you. It takes time, yeah? So you're at square three. Now, when you read the game from square three, it looks a lot different than from square zero. The game may have a lot different meaning when you think it starts at square three. So what happens? Maybe you get a hint that uh, you have a realization and something occurs... And what happens? You get a hit that of being square of being at square zero or being square zero. Then let's say you you're feeling you're at square nine, and then something happens and you're back at square zero. Then square twenty-four, then back at square three. Square fifty-three. After one or two hits, or maybe five or eight hits, you realize there's only square zero. Square fifty-three was seemingly so. Square four was seemingly so. Square three was seemingly so. The only reality is square zero. <laughs> and what happens? The game continues. Just like they say, first there is the mountain, then there is the mountain, there's the mountain again. First there is no Paul, then there is a Paul, or whatever it is, then there, the first there is a Paul, then there isn't a Paul, then there is a Paul, seemingly again. <laughs> but because it isn't you, there's enjoyment now. When it's you... The, the greatest boon of the body it was, was when the mental head stops sitting on it and t- stops taking it to be you. I swear to God, the body is the greatest reveler. It's like New Orleans Mardi Gras every day. It's like intuition comes back, it senses things. It's, oh, yeah. But when it's you, you're going to be an urban renewal project the rest of your life. Constant fault will be found. I've got to add an addition here. I should be better. I should be able to reach higher. On and on. It's never going to fucking end. You'll never be a completed project. The budget will just keep in more and more money, more interest and attention. You, 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 you. The body's dying. It's like putting a three-ton weight into a half-ton pickup. The body can't be the center of the universe. It's too much. It's too much to be the crown of creation. It wants to be relieved. It's a very heavy thing to carry. It fucking, my health has gotten so much better. As I get older, I'm getting healthier. That's mind-boggling. I actually grown a half an inch. 
I am. I was 6'1 my whole life, and last time I went, I was 6'2. How did I grow an inch or so when I'm like 50 something, 60 years old moving? What the hell's going on? My girlfriend met me. I was near death, really. Now she's total, a total metamorphosis just in the body condition. Just something happened in the last four years. Where before I was getting pummeled at these talks and the energy of stuff going on, and, and now it's like a fucking totally change. So I tell a lot of people if you just don't die, things are going to get great. <laughs> really. Just don't die. Don't flip out and take all the thoughts so seriously and you'll fucking be great. Everything is going to... It's like another thing the Course says, which is so beautiful. We're dreaming this dream, right? And what's going to happen is we're going to dream ourselves out of it. This is beautiful. This is like what you were saying. It's not denying the dream, ultimately. It's just saying we're dreaming this dream and because of that, we've got to lend some meaning to the dream. Yeah, we can't just scoff it away. There is no world. It doesn't work. Yeah, So we're in this dream, and we're dreaming this dream. And what's going to happen is we're going to dream ourselves out of it. And as we dream ourselves out of it, the dream's going to get happier. What a beautiful, beautiful, comforting statement, don't you think? It's one of the most beautiful lines in the Course of Miracles to me. You're dreaming yourself out of the dream, and while you're doing that, while the mind's doing it, the dream's going to get happier. Yay! Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Appropriate response. Yay. <laughs> so I think that's it. Right? On that note. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it, right? Yes. Thank you. Oh, you're more than welcome. It's my pleasure. And this will be recorded. I actually. But when I entertained this, I was apt to do anything unless you could physically stop me. That was, it didn't matter who you were. And so when I was under the influence, I was like a rabid dog. Yeah? So, and it is parasitical. And self, self, the, the obsession with self is a parasitical movement. A mental idea gets to have a seeming life by claiming yours or claiming this event. And every time it expresses through you, you claim it to be yours. So it's your, the fears it's producing from its point of view, you're calling your fear. You can't be more identified as that. If a foreign thing was expressing through this event, and you called this you, and every time this foreign thing expressed through you, you called the expression yours, you would be in the act of being identified as that foreign thing, wouldn't you? If a foreign thing was in this possibility and it had it was going to express its qualities, its traits, its reactions to situations, yes? And when it did, over and over again, through this event, the thing that talks as you, that little inner dialogue narrated, the little voice box, claims every one of its expressions, the foreign installments, as yours, I would say that's the active expression of being identified as a self. That's the root of the dilemma. I can't put it any more clearly. If some foreign installment is expressing and finding expression through this event, and what's calling itself you is claiming all of those expressions to be its, then you're, you're in the act of being identified as a self. That's the diagnosis, and I stick to it. I saw it, and I see it over and over again. I haven't been revealed anything farther than that. I don't think it's 
point purposeful to know any more information. I know I hit, but this is valuable because this is what will help you live tomorrow. As if it's today, because it is. <laughs> Seriously. From that point on, it became the last answer. I haven't needed a new one since. I've just been entertaining it for 14, 15 years, I don't know how long. And no other answer. No, I don't need a turbocharged. I don't need an extreme radical answer of this. It's dog shit awareness, just all day, every day. I'm traveling lighter through the events of this life. Yeah, what the hell? What more do you want? A friend who who got who actually died of business alcoholism, um, but he said at one point we're divinely screwed as alcoholics. And yeah. I thought about the int- how in addiction or extreme versions of addiction, you do have that experience of the suffering, per- which maybe perhaps is there's I don't want to say value in suffering, but it's an extreme version of what everyone has, like you're saying, so that it's forces people to maybe to look at what you're saying. Yeah. Maybe not. But But look, and most people suffering from alcoholism don't find relief. It's a very low percentage. Less than 20%. So most people are driven by, or whatever you want to call them, not people, but the event is driven by the addiction. The solution can be perfect, but if it's not entertained, it has no value. So most what you run into alcoholism is reluctance and resistance. If someone had if someone who had cancer said you could have relief daily from your cancer by just following twelve steps, there'd be twelve thousand fucking people at that meeting. Yes? But people who are dying from alcoholism, they're sitting there, I don't know why I don't want to spend an hour there. I have to drive and uh, sit there and uh, you know, I don't think so. You know, it's a mind boggling, it's amazing that they're entertaining this possibility they have all this luxury when they have no luxury at all. They're fucked. It's just, it's just a matter of time. They're fucked. Totally fucked. That's why it dawned on me. It was like a big CNN headline. No story. And it was like, you're screwed. And I'd been screwed for quite a while, but it finally dawned on me how screwed I was. And that was the moment of clarity for me. And then a big download occurred. changed my whole life. Yeah? A minute before, I wasn't thinking about anything. A minute later, I was making a call to try to get help. And a woman picked me up and brought me to my first meeting the next day, and I've been sober and clean ever since. And so that solution that appeared in my life has been living for 25 years. And I know where it came from. It didn't come from anything out here. It wasn't even from a bottom. It was a divine intervention. It was from mind, from an aspect of mind I wasn't privy to until that occurred. And now I am privy to it and I honor the fuck out of it because I see what it can do here in this place of manifestation. Changed my whole life. And my life was down, bad. For all intents and purposes, I should have had a major, major crash. I had so much momentum. I had broken through about eight bottoms and just kept going lower to the center of the pit. And then suddenly it just took off the other way with no thought or effort on my part. I wasn't looking to get recovered. I was just trying to survive until I could get another shot of Coke. Really. That's basically it. I'd given up. I knew I was going to jail again and an institution again or die. So I was just trying to get high as long until I parked at those parking spaces. Suddenly, something had happened. 
the whole linear story of Paul got interrupted and some information downloaded. And that information took root and its solution is still alive 25 years later. When my solutions before were had maybe a, a shelf life of an hour. Yeah? You know, I'll do a shot and I'll be all right. And then I have to do another shot. Now 25 years and just it's like self-animating. It just keeps on keeping on. That's mind. That was an incredible demonstration of mind here. To mind, for mind, from mind. Yeah? And now this becomes what plays out that that seeming event. Hallelujah. If that hadn't happened, there was no way I was ever going to get recovered. I'd given up all hope. I'd spent two years and three months in programs. Two years I learned in one program. Resident. Two years. 85 to 87. Went to college. Graduated. Got a good job. Was out in a week. Starting shooting dope again. Ten months later I washed up on the shores of AA. With no intention of my own. And recovery was offered. And that's what happened. You know? I know the magic of this place. Intimately. Because I've seen it in my life. And I've watched it in others. I have faith in mind. In mind, but not your mind. No, not the mind that's called me. No. To me, that's mentation. That's not mind. That's a mental process. Yeah. That's not mind to me. So, yeah. So, when the neon sign, you got some words? Hmm? What? You, you said you had a big download and that changed everything. Was it some words? No, no. I got it. What had happened? It wasn't a word at all. I got impelled to leave the trailer I was in, drinking with some guy, and went out to the phone booth and called a program I had been in for two years. They had been getting my newsletter, and they didn't said no, I couldn't come back. I called a lady up. She was nice enough to pick me up and help me, and she made a deal with me. She says, you want a place to stay tonight? Which is what I wanted, because I had nowhere to go. And she, I said, yeah. She says, well, you got to go to a recovery meeting. So she took me to my first meeting. It was a men's meeting. She didn't even go in. She just dropped me off there, came back an hour, picked me up. And I went home to her house, fell asleep, and the miracle happened. I woke up. That urge to get loaded was dismissed somewhat. I realized my dilemma, which was amazing. I called up AA and I said, I don't think I have till 8 o'clock. Is there a meeting earlier? <laughs> and they said, yeah, there's one at 12. I said, all right. And I walked there and I just kept going to meetings ever since. Yeah. It started a ball that has a power of its in and of itself. You know? And that was a very, in a way here, that was the biggest influence of my life, alcoholism and addiction. You know, it, it tattooed everything about my life. To have that totally erased and shifted to the point where the problem doesn't exist for me anymore, that's a fucking damn good solution. And I know from whence it came. Well, it all that matters, it's always it's always a singular event. If someone's drinking, there's nothing you can do. You know? Like, to me, my, my definition of an alcoholic is a recovered alcoholic is someone who calls you before they drink, an alcoholic is someone who calls you after they drink. Once the drinking started to take over, the parasite's in control. Not, they're not going to hear anything. And usually they're not going to hear it from someone who's intimate with them or a family member. It's, you got to, uh, you know, but you can be of help, maybe you can help damage control somewhat. But uh, once the drinking is, occurs, 
the genie's out of the bottle, they're on a run, usually. There's no, they're hell-bent for destruction. You'll just get fucked over, really. So I don't know. It's, it's a lot of different ways. Sometimes, you know, there are people that you meet that really need it but don't want it, so you don't spend much time with them because it's pointless. Yeah. People think they know AA because they went to a meeting, but that's not knowing AA. You've got to do the 12 steps. And so, you know, it goes on and on. It's But it's a, you know, the person-person event. I don't have any, like, rope way of dealing with things, you know. But I have, you know, I've been in that hell, and I, I know where the bus stops to take you out of the hell. And so I'll definitely give you the bus schedule <laughs> and say, hey, when you're tired of being sick and tired, here you go. It's up to, you know, see what happens. But you're never going to convince anybody. Life will convince them. Life's the biggest convincer of all. I'd rather see people get their asses totally kicked than to be to enable them to stay away from the bottom. I'd rather see them have a bottom. That may shock them into something. Yeah, but it's a heavy dilemma to watch. It's, alcoholism is probably the biggest killer in the world. Most people, when they have the death certificate, they say it was heart failure or liver failure, but it was caused by 30 years of drinking and stuff. And tons of people, you know, man, you know, vehicular manslaughter is usually backed by drinking or drug use. So it's it's super prevalent. It's probably one of the biggest mental parasitical effects in this place is alcoholism and addiction. It expresses through tons of different hosts. Yeah, tons of different hosts. But it all has they all have the same qualities of the parasite. So if you go to Bombay, India, to a meeting and people have alcoholism, you'll identify. You don't identify with who they are, but you identify with what's taking them over because the same mental parasite took this possibility over. So there's a big simpatico with people, yeah? Because it's really like that. Tons of different hosts taken over by the same parasite. And each one of them claiming the parasite's expressions as their own. They're all in the identification themselves. It's fucking insane. But there, you know, there is a solution. That's why we've been doing it with AA. I've been talking to AA a lot. And this, for serious. You welcome. Yeah. I like wind. The sound here. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, it was great. No, I couldn't have won it. This is a beautiful day. It broke up there, and the sunset was just spectacular. And I like this because it allows me to recapitulate all these. I grew up in Long Island, you know. I spent a lot of time. Oh, yeah, I spent a lot of time in the Hampshire. I used to live in Washington, where I was a Keen, school of Franklin Pierce. Yeah, I know they are very well. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then we still go to Lake Sula to be there. No, I like this. I like this. Hey, hey, I have some shirts too. Nice shirts in there. Yes. Oh, you are. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Sometimes they don't. 
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing is, it's like the biggest joy is the freedom from the need to be living. Exactly, but that's the that course talks about it a lot, just like when it says you're going to dream yourself out of the dream. Yeah? No, but you, there's going to be a dreaming out of it. Yes. Come on, Paul, let's sit down together. See if these two Pauls can be. Yeah, sit on this. All Pauls are on the line. In helping me out of the No, I can do that indefinitely. I do see it as. That's how we are, and that's how we want to work with you. I do. I mean, it must be a very thing going on there. Well, when I see things here, are mental wins. Mental wins are finding it special through us. Yeah. So let's say you see greed, greed in the world. Or power or whatever. But there's not, no person is greedy in the sense that represented greed. Greed's like blowing through them, like uh, the possibility of music finding a flute. So that's what I think is happening. So it's all, for me, I just see it like the microcosm. I look at the politics, I see self described in a lot of fucking ways, extremely kind of wavely expressed. What happened with me is when the coup happened in 2000, when they took up, they took the election and gave it to Bush. For that to happen, something was up, you know? For them to get back that radical. So radical, you know, the terrorists took over. So they always talk to project terrorists. They took over the country and they were doing their little number. So that piqued my interest. I wasn't interested before then, but then I wanted to see because that was like a strong mental wind that started to express, getting really dirty. Using the means, things are up. But then again, the opposite is true also. Because the, the expression is dualistic, so when there's turbulence, there's really calmness available too. Yeah? So both extremes. Just like when you go to a beautiful place, there's usually spiritual seekers and addicts. You know? Like a beautiful place like Byron Bay, Australia, is like on the ocean. So there was all these people doing yoga and snap, and there's all these heavy duty drug addicts and drinkers. So you always get extreme contrasts. Yeah, when, when things are firing, so that's no. what's happening. There's a lot going on there. Well, sometimes you can get a little bit, you know, they suck the energy out of the room. That's they're like it's like a vacuum, so you feel like you want to jump and cut someone's head off. Because you cut your own head. I had a, one night I yelled that out. If I had a sword, I'd fucking cut your head off and jump on your head. This old lady got possessed. It's really wild. And you could see this thing rise over her head, and then all this shit came out. 
and the whole room got dark and it was just the energy was, so, it was like feeding off the energy and that was a lot I used to have a lot of conflict I was doing it in an AA uh, venue well, sometimes the, the person doesn't have anything against it. It's the mind aspects of the world. It's very technical. Well, no, it says in, even in the program that we know but a little people who come after us will add on to it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was supposed to analyze it. Expand on the principles, yes. Yeah, but if you get more, it's just quite But you see, it's gotten a lot better now because I removed myself from that venue and now we're at mostly at our own meetings and what I'm running into is a lot lesser. I'm just going to be out of People get to me after meetings, after talks with me, get my face. Oh, yeah. I get really confronted. I don't know. They want to still want to kick my ass. That's what I hear. Let's calm down. Yeah. I'm persistent like a little pit bull. When I'm convinced, I'm convinced. I have that ability. Uh, I got convinced about drug use and I'm drinking. Oh, you convinced me? Well, Grace convinced me. I'm the byproduct of the Grace, and it's called convinced. Oh, totally. A lot of them are. I know. It's just, I see it in my own family. That's the thing, you don't have a choice. No. Well, there's no one to choose, yeah, but it's going to go the way it goes. Yeah, why not? It's, it's crazy to have a sense of you thinking you have free will and then act like you don't. It doesn't work. You just might as well observe the free will and do the next right thing. I don't believe in much. I don't believe in much. I'm hoping to find out. Some things I don't think I'll find out till later. Right now, I'm not. That's fine with me. My curiosity about that is pretty dangerous now. I don't care about metaphysical ideas or anything anymore. I just like the idea of traveling like that. works better for me. People, you see, like physicists, they'll go into the, they'll do experiments and realize there is no world, but then they go home and yell at their wife. It's not translating the information. What's the value? It's just going to weigh, put more weight on you. Whatever it is, it's any weight on that's when I first heard this. My mind was trying to take advantage of it. Yeah, there is no fault to do the dishes. Do an addition. Oh, yeah. You found us in Yes, 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 yes. She wish she could be here. No, she wish she could be here. She got the kids. 
Oh, she's doing great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She also hasn't come back.
Besides the cow, I don't know where it is, but I was involved in that uh, years ago. I haven't read it in a long time, but some of the statements really stuck, and I've been using those statements. Oh, you know, you, 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 you know, I've been using those statements for years, and they really stuck when I heard them. Like, for me, the biggest impact on me in the beginning was lesson two. You and I give everything all the meaning it has. And then the first six lessons, having their validity based on lesson seven, which is you see only the past. That made total sense. Oh, yeah. The first 20? Yeah, check it out. The chairs.
Yeah. goes to the what? That's a footstool to the chair you just brought in. Oh, to your office? Yeah. Thank you. 